America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage, we're wearing leather, we're being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. Mm. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin-Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hey, Ken. Psst. Hey, Ken, I'm talking to you. Hey, Ken. Oh, are we starting? Yes. You're supposed to be cute and say something cheeky. Now our intro is ruined. <laughs> but Am I, guess- I a cheeky monkey? <laughs> I guess it's a good thing we don't really need much of an intro because this podcast is pretty much done because it's an interview, <laughs> right? We did it already. Yeah, but we can't tell them. We can't tell them how to make the sausage. We, we have to make them think we did the intro first and then we did the interview. I'm not going to make them think we have magic sausage. Like, I mean. I'll give you some magic sausage. <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes we record the interviews first everybody you don't tell them how to make the sausage all right so we made this really nice sausage for you it consists of adult star casey Gilbert. oh this is so i'm sounding like a cereal <laughs> start over but that could be one of the weird custom videos that she makes which you're gonna hear about in this interview which would be shot and sausaged by Bryn Pryor. Yes. So Casey Calvert and Bryn Pryor are our guests for this week's podcast. Some of the things we talk about, the surprisingly average home lives of porn stars, the mainstream movie that they're working on called Diminuendo with the late, great Richard Hatch. We discuss bizarre fetishes, how to properly pick your porn name. There's a lot of thought that needs to go into it. Why the porn industry is dead, how it happened, and what's its future. Ooh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's lots of good... But wait, there's more. Oh, there is? What? You'll have to wait to find out and listen to the podcast. Ooh, Ron Popeil, you are. What? Ron Popeil. The fuck is a Ron Popeil? Oh my god, the Ronco guy. Slice it, dice it, set it, forget it. Ron Popeil from Ronco who did all the infomercials. You're like the Ron Popeil of the adult industry or something. You don't know. Ken, go Google Ron Popeil. Go fuck Listeners, yourself. Your, go, your, no, your cultural reference is lost on me. No. All right. Ron, you guys know what Ron Popeil... Tweet, tweet Ken, okay, at Ted Chicken, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N, and be like, oh my God, you haven't heard of Ron Popeil. What's wrong with you? You're almost 50 years old. It's your generation. Don't know who Ron Popeil was. Oh, Ken. Or is. All right. Is he dead? Yes. I'm so so, sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. He left rotisserie chickens and like slice it, dice it things as seen on TV. Like half the as seen on TV stores because of Ron Popeil. Yeah, but you know what? You didn't know who Exine Cervanka and Billy Zoom and John Doe were. You didn't know about the band X, which I think is a travesty that you're your age and you don't know X. And by the way, Exine Cervanka is a Trump supporter and that just fucking wigs me out. Oh. It's very sad. And I think Billy Zoom might be too. Oh, that's like, oh, what's the tequila chick that's like all... Tequila, tequila, tequila. People are going to tweet us, you don't know tequila or whatever the fuck her name is. You know what? She's fucking irrelevant. Okay. She's fucking irrelevant and a jag-off Nazi. She can go fuck herself. But Ken, there's my good transition. I'm making the sausage. Do you know who is relevant? You're supposed to say... Casey Calvert, Calvert. and Fryer. <laughs> All right, enjoy our interview. Bye. Bye. I mean, hello, because hello. this is the beginning. I don't oh, know. Jesus we're not Christ. good at this. Okay, Just... we're getting better. Okay. All right, bye. Hello. <laughs> it's a Beatles song. And I am very proud to say we have two very special guests today. Bryn Pryor. And yep. Casey Calvert. Thanks for coming on the show today, guys. Our pleasure. 
Yay! I'm so excited to talk to you both really quickly for our listeners that are not familiar with the both of you. I will uh, let them know who you are. So Casey Calvert is an adult performer, sex educator, and custom porn video mogul. Her husband, Bryn Pryor, has been in the porn industry since before Casey was born, doing every job around except performing. Together... They have a family full of dogs, cats, and comic book collectibles, and have recently finished their first mainstream feature film together called Diminuendo. Woohoo! All right. Woohoo! So, I have eight gazillion questions for the both of you. Um, I think the first one is How did y'all meet? Go. Your turn. (laughs) Okay, so. I like to tell people that we met on Twitter. Um, we had actually met a couple of times before we started talking on Twitter at some porn events, and I just don't remember meeting him. Right. You, you don't remember him at all? No. No. She doesn't remember me. I don't re- Not at all. Not, not, not a little teeny tiny bit. So I remember the day that we met, and she doesn't remember the day that we met. You remember it in vivid detail. You I do. You remember every last... Okay, so what, what was... Refresh Casey's memory. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried. Yeah, so, I, I just don't remember. So um, I was doing a video piece covering a, a shoot. Uh, from a guy named Gary Grant at a location. And Casey's agent brought her by the set to meet Gary. She was still very new, had the tag on, everything. And um, and so he brought her by in standard procedure. Had It was it was Casey and another girl, who I don't even remember who that other girl was, um, brought her by and had her get naked so that Gary could meet her and introduced her to me. Uh, and that was the day that we met. And so, she has no memory of this whatsoever. But Bryn, the reason you have every memory is because she was naked. Absolutely. Were you naked? Were you naked, Bryn? No, <laughs> fuck no. So that's why she doesn't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but had I been naked, believe me, she would have remembered and would have never spoken to me again. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. So, okay, let's fast forward to Casey's remembrance remembering time remembrance of you whatever the word is he's not dead sweetheart (laughs) this is turning into like a early memorial i'm not dead (laughs) he's not dead yet so what do you remember casey when did in your mind did you first meet bren okay so in my mind we were uh DMing on Twitter because a project working on that I also ended up working on called Cowboys and Engines was having a panel at Mm Comic-Con. And I was also going to Comic-Con. And so he invited me to the panel and then to lunch. You said it like brunch, like we should read something into it wasn't just a brunch. Wait, wait, I have a quick question and I don't think I've asked you this. Are you outing yourself officially as a geek now, Casey? Oh, I've been outed already long ago. Right. Okay. Like, can I tell the story of um, when we were at AVN, yeah. I posted this uh, tweet or something. It was a picture of Ken and I and Casey and Bryn. And it was like, I'm at AVN with adult stars making magic on the bed. And we were actually playing the card magic game Magic the, the on the oh, bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for those out there listening that think that people in the sex industry are just like fucking all the time and running around naked. No, a lot of us are playing Dungeons and Dragons like with geeky t-shirts on and stuff. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, often. Very often. So... Okay, back to brunch. Was it really brunch? Um, yeah. <laughs> it was. It yeah. was. But again, was, there is like that hanging, yeah. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible, terrible Mexican food in San Diego at Comic-Con. Um, and uh, Casey has a better version of what her expectations were. Okay, so Bryn thought he was going to get laid. <laughs> I was going Did for a job correctly? interview. He thought correctly, didn't he? Yeah, but the lead time took forever. <laughs> Casey, we lost you for a second. So right after the lead time look forever, took forever, if you could. Um, I didn't say anything after that until right now. So ah. okay. <laughs> it's, it, it sounded like we lost you. I guess okay. you just gave up. I said nothing. <laughs> 
So you thought you were on a job interview, bad Mexican, and what happened from there? Um, from there, we fell in love and got married. Aww. Aww. Was it really that, I mean, was it like, okay, brunch in quotes, uh, get together, have sex, and then suddenly you're together? Was it that, like, boom, whirlwind romance? We didn't actually, we didn't actually have sex that quickly. Which is, yeah, it was a while. Which is sort of the defining factor of this relationship versus all of the other relationships I've been in. Is sex always came first in those, and in this one, oh. like we got to each other a little first. It was just a timing issue with the industry and things that were going on in right. the industry. This, this From is the... something. This is something that I wanted to ask you guys about specifically because you've both been in the scene for a very long time. And when I say the scene, I mean the BDSM scene. You're both uh, like Brin's atop. Casey is a bottom and you guys actually fell in love with the, you know, the, the peg that goes into your hole, which is awesome when you can meet somebody that is your complete polar opposite. And when you guys started to do this, it was sex less important because sex was such a primary focus on your jobs. Not, not really. Yeah, there were just... Actually, I think we were both pretty sex motivated. It's just that there were circumstances that precluded us being able to fuck. So we were, <laughs> we were sort of forced to get to know each other and then we were doomed. Uh, you know, ha- had we been able to just like go to the movies, come home, fuck, take off, I, I think probably we wouldn't be in a relationship. Yeah. And probably that would have been what we would have both done. You know, is maybe screw around two or three times and it would have been, oh, hi, how you doing at parties? And that would have been it. But instead, we kind of were forced to get to know each other instead and discover that, you know, we had both sort of, I mean, at that first lunch, the reason I was interested in the first place is that I realized I was actually underestimating this woman and that there was a lot more going on than I had originally thought. Um you know, there's with every person in porn, there's there's a person beneath the persona that's usually very different. And I got to see a little bit of the person beneath the persona and realized, oh, okay, I have a very different perspective uh, that is incorrect of this woman, and wow. was much more interested in the real person than I was in the porn persona. And yeah. so that was that was that was fascinating. And and being important, that's just something you get used to. You understand that pretty much everybody you deal with has a the character that they play. And then hopefully there's a real person underneath that isn't that character. There's a few people who are exceptions. Um, but by and large, everybody has their public persona and then their private persona. And I got I got a little peek of the private persona and realized, oh, oh, there's a lot more going on here than I thought there was. This is great. Now, that that goes to a couple interesting lines of questioning. One is, I think for our listeners out there, you know, Ken and I were used to talking to people in the adult industry. And we are at the point where we know there's a there's the, you know, the PR version, the adult or actress version and then there's the real person so for people listening going oh my goodness i'm 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 listening to the real casey calvert right now i'm listening to the real bryn Pryor right now my god um what is casey calvert on a day-to-day who is bryn Pryor on a day-to-day like are you just boring average people like the rest of us completely super fucking boring with all your dogs and cats and yeah we lost oh. you. You're you're so, you're so boring. You can't even talk. I only knew she was speaking because I could hear the little bit of her downstairs. Yeah. Okay. I, what I was saying was I am so boring that I broke the computer. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. We just have very normal, regular people lives. They're just you know mine especially is just different when I go to work than right. what most people do when they go to work. But otherwise, my life is the same. So when you go to work, you mm-hmm. are fucking. And, and I've seen you on the internet, and you are dirty. You are dirty, dirty, dirty. And that, <laughs> I say that as a compliment. Like, I yes. know. You do all sorts of things. So I do, yes. when So when you are fucking all day as your job, yeah. 
how does that affect your home life together? And also, Brent, you're in the industry more on the production side, so you get to see lots of, like, are you like, oh, God, another pair of tits, <laughs> you know? I mean, does it does it kind of fuck up your sex lives? It depends on whose tits. <laughs> For me, it was one of two things. Actually, one of things. I come home and I'm so exhausted that I do not want to have sex. I come home and I'm super horny and want to have sex right now. Or if it was like a softer day or a girl-girl day or a solo day, like it sort of doesn't impact me in any way and I come home like regular. Okay. Which means she wants a nap. (laughs) And I do usually take naps after work. I I advocate naps at any time. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. So what about for you, Bryn? How does that affect your sex life? Or or do you now have to kind of cater to, all right, Casey's in a nap mood today. Casey's in a, I'm super horny because I, you know, already had my foreplay. Like, how does that affect you? Um, well, on work days, I generally assume that nothing's going to happen. You know, it, it, it's just sort of reasonable to assume that she's going to come home from work and she's going to be tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that may be the case and sometimes that, that may not be the case. I also have, uh, you know, the, the insider's knowledge of who she's shooting for and what they're going to shoot. And even though, you know, she may be working for somebody and it's a really soft scene, if it's going to be a 14, 15, 16 hour day, hanging around on set doing nothing. I also know she's going to come home and the last thing she's going to want to do is to have sex. And that's just, that's part of the game. And Mm -hmm. it's no, it's no different than, you know, if you were married to an athlete or a movie star or a rock star or a stage performer or anybody else, it's like, you know, you're expending that energy being on that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to want to channel that into your partner when you come home. Or if you do, you may want to do it in different ways. That just, that, that's one of the many, many things that the conversations I've had with quote unquote civilian guys who, you know, Oh my God, I want to date a porn star. And I'm like, okay, sit down, Sparky. Let's, <laughs> let's have a conversation about your expectations and moderating them. Like this is, you know, this is not your normal relationship. There's no nine to five. There's no any of that. And so would would you say, Bryn, you know, with, with very few exceptions, that there's neither jealousy nor compersion, that it's just a job. And Ken, can you define compersion for the people listening? It's basically the opposite of jealousy, where you enjoy watching your partner have sex or you, you do something where you see them with another person and it's something that you enjoy It makes good feelings. People. Yeah, it does. It, it's a positive thing. But with it being work, would you, would you, do you, do you think that there's a big spectrum between the two? Like, or do you just like, if this is work, this is what it is. Like, how do you, as the husband in the relationship, how does it make you feel? Well, I, I'm kind of a psychopath. So <laughs> it's just, it's a fact. So, and we say I, that as a term of endearment. Uh, yes. Like and I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to say sociopath psychopath. because there's no such thing really as a sociopath. That's a construction of modern media. It's, it's a psychopath. You're on the psychopathic spectrum. Um, I'm kind of a psychopath and apparently I just didn't come equipped with jealousy, at least as far as relationships go. I, I don't really, I, I kind of don't get it. People have explained jealousy to me, and I cock my head like the the RCA dog and go, "Huh, okay, weird, yeah, never, never, never had that." So jealousy is certainly not a thing for me. Um, there are people in the industry who I know experience it, and I always think, "Wow, boy, did you pick the wrong business." Um, so jealousy, no, and not a lot of compersion, but I can't say it never happens. There have been times, it usually happens by surprise, where she'll come home from something that we thought was just going to be another day at work or was even going to be, a, you know, God, this is going to be a long day and a hard scene or whatever. And she'll come home and say, no, 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 this was actually fun and we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this. And if she had a good time on set, then that's hot. It's like, oh, okay. that okay, that's cool. That's great. Tell me more. Aww. That's awesome. Um, you know, and... and it's it's that that's a sticky thing to say because you know porn is the only if you're a porn performer 
that is the only job you can have where societally you're never allowed to have a bad day. You know, if you're a woman in the porn industry and you just had a bad day at work, now suddenly you're you're being abused and you're being dehumanized and you're being taken advantage of. It's like, no, I just had a bad fucking day at work. Like, give me a break. I just, right. I, I just didn't have fun having sex with somebody. Get over yourself. But so when she has a particularly good day, then that can be fun. That can be great. And then, you know, there have been a handful of times. Well, really, as far as professional porn is concerned, there's been one time where we appeared together and that was fun for us where we went to the very last upper floor show at kink. Uh, oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. And Can you we, tell we're kink.com fans and upper floor right. fans. <laughs> and, and so we're one of the featured um, acts uh, in the, the final upper floor. And that was fun. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's not, not, that's not compersion. That, that's just, but that's not, no, it's not compersion. You were there. You. You're almost always behind the camera, right? Brynn? Like you're not a performer. Oh, at all. And, and if you ever, if you, and, and, and I have the scenes to prove it that I am not a performer. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, oh, you know what? I don't think that's completely fair because you are an excellent actor. Well, that's not the same thing, though. No, no, it's not. And you've done everything, you know, and I don't want to give everybody the impression that you're sort of canned into one particular aspect of just being an adult director in, like, you, you've done Every, you've worked with Roger Corman. You used to run AVN. You have done a million different kinds of jobs. You, you've done everything that you can do behind the camera. Am I correct there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's obnoxious to say, but it's true. The joke has always been um, that I was on a set one day with uh, – not I was on a mainstream set with a kid who – was in the art department and probably 23 years old and came up to me and started explaining to me how movies work. And I looked at him and I said, I have more time at craft services than you have on set. Like, <laughs> give me a fucking break. So Now, I've actually had the pleasure of working with the both of you. And the one thing that really struck out to me is that, you know, although you've done all of these things, the two areas where I think you stand out is as a director and a screenwriter, and uh, I want to talk for a minute about diminuendo. Great. Go ahead. Yes, let's. So, let's, so, I, so first of all, let me let me let me give uh, total crystal clarity here. I actually uh, got to work as the associate producer on diminuendo. Yes. So indeed. I have a little bit of insider knowledge. What's this? I don't. You're giving me algebra. I don't know what this is. We, I want to take a break. Oh, take a break. Oh, you want to take a break? I was like, it would be a perfect time to tradition into diminuendo. How do we take a break? Segue pause. So let's take a break, and then we're going to talk about diminuendo. I know you're fancy, and I know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys, haven't you, you frisky little fox? Well, I also know that you enjoy a good discount, don't you, dear? You now can get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping, at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart, or, well, other parts desire at l-e-l-o dot com using discount code s-u-n-n-y yes dear you can thank me later hey psst did you know that american sex has a patreon page Patreon.com is a great way for you to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you like our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, you can help financially support it. And depending on how much you pledge, you might even get a nifty cool reward. Oh, and everybody who pledges gets access to our private Patreon feed that's just for supporters. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out the details at patreon.com backslash American sex. All right. So now we want to talk to you about your newest uh, mainstream endeavor, the movie Diminuendo. Um, tell us like who it stars and what's it about and all the fun stuff. Yes. So Casey, really quick, you, you both wrote the screenplay for this together. Can you talk a little bit about 
how you separated out whose job is what. Like, did you do a certain part of the dialogue, or did you construct the scenes? Like, what? How? Like, what did you do for your part of the screenwriting? Um, it's a hard question to answer. People have asked that to us before, and we're both kind of like, um, we just kind of did it. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't. We we didn't really work in a way that was that structured. Yeah, and, and I realize a lot of people do. Yeah, we just kind of a lot of time in the car discussing things, and then it would when it would come to actually writing that thing we discussed down, it would be whoever's idea it was, and then we'd write it down, and the other person would look at it and make changes, and we'd go back and forth, and so the, the basically it just kind of it just kind of happened together because you're just like puzzle pieces, and you didn't have to think about it, and it just happened exactly. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't set out with rules. Yeah. And like, okay, you're going to yeah. write the vowels, and I'm going to write the consonants. And then, right, right. Yeah. So, d- diminuendo. Quickly for for those listening, is a sci-fi romance yes. starring the late great Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica, um, Chloe Dykstra, Leah Cairn, Gigi Edgeley. Yes. Um, help me, Ken. Who, who Walter, or anyone? Walter Koenig. It's your movie. <laughs> you guys can help too. Yeah, Walter Koenig. Uh. The ever-controversial James Dean. Yes. Uh, and, and a and, lot of other people. And, and, and a wide variety of other people, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And w- real quick, what is the basic premise or plot of the so movie? This, the movie is about a uh, director whose starlet girlfriend committed suicide uh, after they'd been together for about three or four years, um, sending him into sort of a, a tailspin of self-destruction. And nine years later, um, he gets called by a new company to direct the movie of her life starring a machine that replicates her. And he becomes, even though the machine isn't intelligent, it's not AI, it can't think, um, he becomes very obsessed with this machine and becomes convinced that it's actually her and she's actually in there somewhere. And so it's sort of about his descent into madness and eventual moment of clarity at the end so it is i mean ken and i have some inside knowledge ken ken worked on the movie and i Mm -hmm. i helped out as well um i don't want to give too much away but it's like emotionally it's a fucking tearjerker it's heavy (laughs) man we all cried it's like when we were watching the first edit like i bawled I, I'll admit it. I was like a five-year-old girl. I bawled like crazy. Like and, it's and it's the first edit intense. was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we cried. That's why no. you cried. The first, yeah, it was the first so edit bad. makes me cry too. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know we know you guys just on a on a personal level, and I I don't think of you either of you as like melodramatic and emotional and heavy. And where the heck did this? amazingly intense story come from man see we're we're secretly emo i think Are you uh, really is that like your <laughs> hidden personality i always veer dark i mean that was always one of my criticisms in the adult industry is you know you knew it was one of my movies if everybody ended up either dead or ruined at the end destitute or are ruined at the end. Like I, I, there's just there's no happy endings. I don't do happy endings. And so my, my computer cut out. Did Bryn say something like we're both really fucked up people? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Again, this is why you're married. Exactly. You can read each other's minds. Psychopaths. And, 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 you know, Kinda, yeah. and Casey's exactly the same. So, you know, it was just like, I mean, there's stuff that we put in there where, you know, we'd sort of throw the audience a branch to pull them out of the whirlpool. And, and one of us would invariably say, oh, I fucking hate this. Yeah. What? <laughs> Fuck them for needing a happy moment. <laughs> you want everything to be bad and angsty. We also, I mean, also, though, earlier drafts of the script were significantly more fucked up than the version we ended up shooting. Right. Wow. And and to this day, I'll tell you that we have had conversations where, I mean, luckily now that I've, I've, you know, we've both had the chance to see the finished movie in front of audiences. And I now understand that, you know, it, it has the effect we wanted on an audience. And I think we sort of, by accident, struck the right tone. But I'll tell you, early on, we would have conversations where I would sit down and say, I feel like we copped out. I feel like we, we made it too light and too funny. Now you guys are telling me <laughs> yeah. that you both bawled and you cried and I'm sitting there going, what is this? A fucking comedy. 
I can't, I hate that there's all this, <laughs> I hate that jokes. there's all this humor and there's all these jokes and, and then, you know, there's people like wanting to slash their throats watching and like, oh, I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah. For those wow. of you that don't, that don't know it, Bryn uses uh, tears as lubricant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I have to say, I really admire the fact now for people listening, this is an absolute mainstream movie. It's not an adult movie. And the way that you two both seamlessly blended or not even blended, I guess, uh, did a crossover, I, you know, from you, you're, you do your adult stuff and then this is completely mainstream. Did you guys face opposition? Were there a lot of preconceived notions like these are the porn people? We don't want to work with them. How did you handle that? Yeah. Yeah. People, people have the loveliest preconceived notions and. You'd, and we're still up yeah against them. we will fighting. we will be up against them forever yeah so um in casting for example uh uh-huh. there was somebody that we sent uh a note at you know an offer to to play one from of our very mainstream and... respectable casting directors Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, doing everything completely above board and it's a SAG movie and we've got all of our contracts and everything's in place and et cetera. And so our, our casting director sent an offer to somebody, um, you know, C list character actor, like mm-hmm. not, not anybody. Not, that's, not someone who you'd recognize walking down the street necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's really like the definition of, Oh, that guy from that thing. And the, the agent, writes back and says oh well is this going to be an eli cross movie should i have him get tested and i'm like okay fuck you oh i don't i don't care if you want to do it now you can sample my taint like done yeah i mean it's (laughs) like in all of the the great actors that worked in this movie and i kind of heard a common thread amongst all of them that they they read the script they fell in love with it and everything else be damned like this is this is a movie they needed to do um, and you guys uh, wrote this for Richard Hatch, and he got to see the almost finished version before he passed away. Um, can we talk a little bit about Richard? Sure. So we both uh, I met Richard through Cowboys and Engines. Um, he was he was the lead in that, and uh, Casey came on during post production on Cowboys and Engines. We you know we had some dinners and. When I first met Richard, I didn't know what to expect. To me, he was just, you know, he was Captain Apollo and he was that guy and he, he had played those parts. And yeah, his part in the new Battlestar had a little bit more depth and a little bit more layering to it, but he was still, you know, that sort of heroic two-dimensional leading man. And working with him, I realized, you know, there, there's so much going on with this guy that he has never gotten a chance to do. He's such an astonishingly good actor and also just one of the nicest people I'd ever met, one of the easiest people to work with I'd ever met. And then Casey got to meet him. And I don't know, what was your impression of him? Um, That he was just a real, a real person, that he wasn't a, a fluffy kind of guy, that he had a lot of depth, a lot of depth to him and someone who both conveyed that he he lived a meaningful life. Yeah. So, you know, I'd had this idea bouncing around in my head since like, I don't know, 2005 or something and talked to Casey about it. And she she thought it was strong, thought it had some flaws, but thought we could make it work. And so I went to Richard and I said, we want to write this for you because, frankly, I want to watch you play the most fucked up human being on the planet. <laughs> and he yeah. an absolute dick. No. Yeah. In, in the movie. Not in, in real life. No, no, no. Like, in the movie. But and in see, hell, Ken. But you need somebody like Richard to pull that off because Richard, no matter what he did, Richard was likable. And that's an important quality for a character that is as inherently unlikable as Haskell, who he plays in the movie, because you're never not on Haskell's side, no matter how awful he is. And he's awful. The worst that happens in the movie is you sort of roll your eyes and think, what an asshole. But you still want to see what happens next. He's like that jerky ex-boyfriend you can't help but keep taking back because he's adorable, even though he's an idiot. Right. Yeah. And okay. Which is also the character. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and and Richard was able to do that, and he was able to pull that off. But, you know, also, as you start to figure out the pain that he's been putting himself through over the decades since she died, I feel like by the end of the movie, the audience is completely on his side because they understand what he's 
gone through and they've taken that journey with him. And that was mm-hmm. all Richard. You know, we just mm-hmm. we just gave him the tools and said, here, go build a house. And he did it. He was fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't not wait for the world to see it. And we'll leave links in the show description where people can find out more about Diminuendo and figure out, you know, when it's playing at festivals, when it will be unleashed to the world. So listeners, keep an eye out for that. I want to, we'll go to a break. And then after the break, I want to get into how you guys got into the adult world and, you know, what brought you here. So we'll be back in just a second. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water there's the best orgasm ever Want to know which sex toys, accessories, and BDSM gear Ken and I recommend? Well, hop on over to SunnyMegatron.com to read our reviews. Every time you click a product link or use a coupon code on our website, we get a bonus. Discount codes and special links you hear on this podcast benefit us too. So look at that. You can support our show and get discounts on sexy gear all at the same time. Now that is a win-win. Okay, so Bryn and Casey, I want to kind of dive deeper, go back in time. Um, and Casey, from from the bio from both of you, we know that there there is an age difference between yourself and Bryn. So I want to go back to Casey before yes. Casey was Casey. How yes. did you get into porn? How did how, where did the name Casey Calvert come from? Um, take us there. Okay, so. Uh, I'll start with the name. Um, the name comes from the letters KC, which are un- the initials of my celebrity crush's children. And Calvert comes from the name of a professor I had in college. I took a First Amendment law class, and it was an elective. I didn't really know what it was going to be about, and it turns out that it was all about porn. And the main takeaway from that class for me was that porn is protected First Amendment speech. It's not illegal, which is what I thought at the time. I thought that it was something like prostitution that, you know, people do it, but it's not something that is legal to do. And learning that it is legal gave me the balls to go do it. It was something I had always thought about doing. Like I could, I could go be a porn star. And learning that it was legal, that I wasn't going to get arrested, led me to do it. So I started as a fetish model. Um, I did a lot of spanking shoots and a lot of bondage shoots and foot fetish and stuff like that. And I would do solos and I would do anal solos, but I wouldn't do any fluid exchange with anybody else. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even kiss another performer. I was doing that and it was a lot of fun, but it's still being a fetish model, paycheck to paycheck and you have to travel to get work. And it's, it's a hard life and I wanted more and I was really enjoying being a model. And I was already naked on the internet, and I had graduated from college at this point, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I contacted my agent, who is my agent now still. Um, I had a friend of mine do it for me, actually, and my agent was interested in representing me. So I met him on a fetish modeling trip out to L.A., and he helped me move out here and helped me get all set up, and he's awesome and amazing. And here we are now, five years later, of doing porn. So my I, uh, professor, Professor Calvert knows um, all about me and how I make a living and thinks it's cool. Um, I talk to him on Twitter often and I've spoken to his class a couple times. It's all that's all good. And what do they think about you having the last name Calvert? Does like what is his opinion on that? Is he honored by it? Yeah, I um, I don't. I don't know what, I guess, I mean, when I chose it, I was never, you know, I didn't think like, I'm going to be this famous porn star. Like I was just a fetish model. I, you know, I, I didn't plan on anyone finding out 
or him, you know, him finding out, I just kind of chose it. It was dumb. But luckily, he thinks it's cool and is flattered by it. And when when you picked your porn name, because I've heard other performers say, like, you know, they were like, what's your porn name? And they're like, I don't know. I just randomly, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, picked a name out of the air. Was that kind of like for you? Just, yeah. this sounds good. And you didn't really think about, wow, that's going to be me for ever. Yep, that is very much what I did. This sounds good. Um, it started as just Casey because I just needed a first name and I needed a name. I wanted a name that was somewhat androgynous, mm-hmm. but other than that, my only argument was that it wasn't the name of a friend and like, I didn't want it to sound too porny. You know, I didn't want it to be, you know, something, something stripper sounding. Right, right. But other than that, I was like, oh, I don't know anyone named Casey. This is kind of androgynous. Sure. Why not? I'll be Casey. Yeah, that works. Amber Calvert wouldn't have worked very well. No. Right. And no. and and she couldn't have done the, you know, the street you grew up on and your first pet. Oh. Because like, you know, 23rd Avenue Pumpkin just sounds like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I grew up I mean, it's, I it sounds like it sounds like the Yeah, it sounds like the adult industry but the wrong part of the sex industry yeah. is what that oh, sounds like. Yeah. That's, that's You know what? So My porn name would have been Dartmouth Rosebud. Ooh. That's amazing. Yeah. Tiger I would have been Tiger Estes. Those are both amazing. (laughs) Porky Warner, are you kidding me? Porky Warner. That's the best. best. Somewhere out there, I credited myself in a non-sex role in a movie as Porky Warner. That is hilarious. Yeah, I was watching a show, and uh, they had Sonny Leone, and she said she she couldn't think of a name, and she actually used her brother's name, so her porn name is her brother's name. That's interesting. That is kind of awkward. Yeah, well... She's not yeah. the sharpest tool in the shed. I, I know something. She's, <laughs> she's a very sweet how, girl. Like, she's but... made a secondary career her for, for herself as a Bollywood star. Like, yes, yeah. because you know, they don't have porn on the internet. Ah. Yeah. See, eventually, like, I, I, I know her ex-husband, and it's like, okay, eventually that's going to come back. You know, it may be when in another she's she's made a run and she's really huge over there. But eventually, India's gonna get enough internet that they're gonna piece together. It's like, oh, it's that girl, and then that's gonna be the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, I so, think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh it is. yeah, it is. yeah. She's she's huge there. Yeah. So so we've learned how Casey became Casey. Bryn, how how did you become Bryn? Because you were just, you were what a guy growing up in Arizona. Were you kind of a theater geek? Were you? A theater oh geek? yeah, very much so. Yeah. I was a big so, drama geek. Theater geek grows up to be this big, you know, porn director. How did that happen? Well, so I started off as a fetish model, and uh... <laughs> you had this professor. I had this professor. <laughs> um. So, I mean, I started off, I always, you know, I knew I wanted to make movies uh, of one description or another. I made my first movie when I was nine years old, and it's awesome. Um, but I had done a lot of theater. I had done a lot of other Wait, things. Wait, you made your first movie when you were nine years old. This, yeah, I, I assume, was not a porn. <laughs> um, so tell us about your nine-year-old movie. Uh, it is a stop-motion epic depicting a battle between micronauts and star wars action figures in the kenner most icely cantina playset. that is awesome How, why it's, have uh, i never seen this i've um, never seen it oh i still have it and you will you will never see it um <laughs> i'm i'm not strong on sharing the embarrassing uh past with people so uh i i like to just keep it buried pretend it never happened and move on with my life um so, but I, you know, I mean, th- that's how everybody starts out. It's like, you know, you, you start off doing these crappy little things and then you do bigger crappy things and then you do even bigger crappy things. And then maybe somewhere in there you do something that's a little less crappy and that's, that's your aspiration. Um, so while I was doing this and, uh, you know, supporting an acting career, uh, in Arizona, I was working as a warehouse manager in a comic book store or a comic book, um, distributor called Bud Plant and they went out of business. Mm-hmm. Needed a new job and saw an ad that paid well for a warehouse manager at an adult store called The Castle, which anybody who grew up in Arizona <clears throat> will remember The Castle. I remember Ca- – not from back then, but I know Castle now. Right. And and The Castle now is the offshoot of that castle, although Store 1, as it was then, is gone. Uh, it no longer exists, But which is why people can't figure out why it's called Castle Megastores is because that first store – was actually in 
a family amusement center that had closed that had uh, go-karts and had uh, arcade games and was built in a building that was designed to look like a medieval castle. And that place went out of business, closed down, and somebody said, yeah, let's put a store that sells dolos and porn. Like, okay, great. So I was... I took the job as their warehouse manager, and um, as I always tell people, you know, competence is a curse. So three months later, I was actually <laughs> running the place. Um, I was the general manager, and I managed the store through their first expansion from one store to four stores in Arizona. Okay. During that time, I started doing the purchasing, so I had to go to the AVN show in Vegas. So my first AVN was January of 1990. Okay. Um, and AVN is like, you know, what people refer to as sort of the Oscars of porn and the big big adult trade show every year. Right. And, and at that point, the trade show was actually about the size that it is now. The industry is now contracted back to about what it was in 1990. You know, it was little and embarrassing and tiny and... Um, that 1990 show, as I remember, was in the crappy back downstairs ballroom of the now defunct sand, uh, desert. No, not the desert inn. I think it was the sands. Um, okay. sands of the dunes, one of the two. Um, one of the casinos that's gone. And, uh, but I started meeting people. Um, when I moved to California, I quit that job, but I had enough connections that I came out here. And in and amongst working for Roger Corman, I still needed more money because Roger didn't pay anybody anything. And um, (laughs) so I took a job running magazines that we had stocked at the store uh, that they're the kind of thing that no longer exists. They were $20 a piece. They were 100 pages, glossy, and they had hardcore, which was a thing then because at that point – Penthouse Playboy Hustler did not have hardcore sex in them. Right. And we didn't it. have the internet. And we didn't have the internet really mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, you couldn't really take a VHS tape with you. So the only portable porn that was hardcore were these magazines that were only sold in adult stores. And I ran a bunch of those. They were having trouble. AVN needed a manager, uh, an editor. So I went and I met with them. And took over running AVN Magazine, ran AVN from 1997 to 2002, and then from 2002 on just wrote, shot, directed, edited porn, and, you know, made the occasional dip back into mainstream. So give me a number. How many porns have you, you know, edited, directed, like, are we in the hundreds or like how many? Well, define your terms. And the reason I say that is the internet screwed everything up. So, you know, it used to be in terms of a movie. Okay. Right. But I probably shot between gay and straight. I probably, you know, shot 500 scenes for Naughty America. All right. But each one of those scenes is a standalone thing. So does that Ah. count as a porn? You know, so yeah, we'll okay. just think about all the customs that you guys have shot together. Exactly, there's there's ten or twelve of those, so <laughs> a so lot. A thousand would be like it's it's got to well, be over a thousand. Like oh, if you well added everything together. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Probably probably closer to two. Wow. Of everything that I've done. Wow. So a lot. So are you are you still doing it, or now have you switched over to mainstream, or are you juggling both? Well, obviously, Casey's still doing it. Um, right. Yes. And I haven't really shot porn other than shooting Casey's Customs in almost two years because there's just no industry left. Mm. You, know? you know, I think one of the last questions that we have here is, is porn dying? Oh, yeah. 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 How and why? Manwin. <laughs> no, it's, it's a simple answer. Um, yeah. Talk yeah. about the podcast. Very quickly, give him a plug. Okay, so, okay, so recently I recently I did a a podcast, uh, a series of podcasts with a guy named John Ronson, who you might know from Men Who Stare at Goats, yeah. or I think it's called the Psychopath yeah. Test. Yeah. Anyway, an an awesome guy. He wrote he wrote Oakja, the new creepy movie on on Netflix. Um, he did a deep dive into porn and why porn is dying. Um, all because of this guy named Fabian who started the company that owns 
Pornhub and YouPorn and RedTube and Browsers and Mofos and Digital Playground and Twisties and a million other street and gay porn sites and how they've they've ruined porn. It's no longer called Manwin. Uh, Fabian sold the company because he was under investigation for tax evasion, so now it's called MindGeek. But it's still okay. the same, still the same company ruining porn has ruined. It's not. It's not. I don't think it can come back. Yeah, there's there's no it's return. Too, it already it already fell off the ledge. There's no there's no coming back from the damage that's been done by this company. Mm. I, I would agree. Would you think? Do you think that uh, your pickup on like custom videos has compensated for that, or is it just never going to be the same? No, it's exactly uh, where I think porn is going. It's actually why I'm in this podcast, which is called The Butterfly Effect, and everyone should check it out. It's fantastic. It's on Audible. Um, it's on Audible. Okay. Yeah. It's, oh, awesome. It's free. Um, just download the Audible app on your phone, which is a little bit of a pain in the ass, but it's free. It's awesome. Um, I am in the podcast because of the custom videos that I shoot. And one of the things that John found, which is very accurate, is that because you can just type in whatever you want to see in the search bar and find that kind of porn, fans are looking for more intimate connections with performers. And also, because you can type anything into a search bar, porn has been reduced to keywords and everything has become so corporate Mm -hmm. that people who like to see things that aren't necessarily the norm or people with fetishes their porn is gone and so what they do instead is they have these custom videos commissioned and people like me make them so give me an example casey of you know one I don't know, slightly bizarre uh, request that you've had for, for a custom. Like, what is your typical, very fetish niche custom look like? So my typical custom is actually not particularly fetishized. It's usually a solo masturbation, dirty talk. Maybe it's got anal in it or some anal gaping or some, you know, some ass to mouth kind of butt stuff because that's my thing. Um, in terms of a highly fetishized specific niche video i'll use the example from the podcast because it's just the perfect one is a norwegian man commissioned me to make a video of me naked setting fire to his stamp collection <laughs> i'm so sorry i didn't mean to laugh it's okay at it's okay it's just it's so out like if i were to put random words together that i never thought would be together in this universe that would be it like that one yeah it it's just amazing to me how s- people have such very individual, interesting, out there fetishes that that's what gets them off. So he sent you his stamp collection, and then you had to do sexy things and just like set it on fire and destroy it. There was no sexy. Oh, it was just destroy the stamp collection. Yeah, he sent me he sent me the stamp collection in the mail. It had I don't know four hundred or so stamps in it and a nice stamp book. Um, I, the video had me take off my clothes in high, I stepped on the book and I smashed the stamps around of my shoes and tore up the book. And then I put it in the fire and I burned it while I masturbated. Wow. See the, the, the curious, uh, you know, psychological part of me is like, what's his story? Maybe he was, you know, so obsessed with collecting stamps that it was ruining his life and he needed you, a powerful figure in his life, to destroy his his demon stamps once and for all. Like, why? I, well, to me, that just sounds like a variation of Findom. Like, it's it's a valuable stamp collection. And it is won, a little bit, a little bit Findom-y. If you listen to the podcast, you'll be able to find out why. Ooh, okay. They actually, Casey actually got the producers in touch with Stamps Man and they were able to interview him and find out exactly what it is. And I I wish we could do that with several of them because there are Mm -hmm. several of them that just, you know, without, again, without laughing at anybody's kink, leave you scratching your head where you're thinking, what is this about? Um, Right. The one that... Yeah, I I get requests and, you know, it's very important to me that I take everyone's fetish very seriously. You know, I don't, I'm not... I don't laugh at anybody unless, of course, they want me to laugh at them. Right, which but, you is know, some, for some people, they like the humiliation SPH and the laughing. is something sure. that's a really common fetish. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. There was a but guy who had us do a shot-by-shot recreation of Phoebe Cates being attacked by the gremlins 
in the in elevator two, scene in, the elevator. in Gremlins Two. Awesome. Wow, that is awesome. So, uh, so a photo recreation every thirty seconds or so. So he pulled screen grabs, and then we recreated the screen grabs with me. Um, obviously, we didn't have any gremlins. The gremlins were invisible in his photo set. And then, of course, I got a little more naked than what happened in the movie. <laughs> That's amazing. But I didn't. But it wasn't particularly sexual. Just right. like a, a boob came out, and my skirt hiked up, so you could see the crotch of my pantyhose. Wow! Like there still wasn't any masturbation or anything that that any person on the street would be like, "Oh yeah, that's designed to be masturbatory." So to me, this I'm I'm so excited. That I would think I don't know how you would feel, but is it kind of exciting? Like, how are we going to plan this and plot this out and satisfy this guy's you know specific? Or is it like, oh crap, how am I going to do this? How am I you know? How do you feel about doing it? So, um, it's both of those things. It all depends on. Some of them are very straightforward, and I just turn on the lights in the room where I shoot all the videos, and I and I talk at the camera for ten minutes or however long, and then the movie's over. And then some of them are fun, but very complicated. And then some okay. of them, some of them are very complicated and require some, like, Britt and I will have to have a production meeting about. So how are we going to do this? Can we do this? How much do I need to charge for the work that it's going to take to be able to execute this? Wow. And part of that just comes from the fact that there's an ignorance on the part of the customers because they're not in production. Right. And so people just kind of don't understand what's required to get certain things done. The phrase that we've come up with that we all that we use as sort of shorthand for when somebody asks you to shoot something that's impossible is, you know, occasionally you'll get a guy who tells you he wants a full body close up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> like because he's seeing it in his head. Right, and his head right. can do all of that at the same time. Right. I can't shoot. A lot that. of a lot of my job is taking taking their words that were typed while they were thinking about sex, maybe not literally with an erection, but typed typed en fuego. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you do have the chance to do a gremlins too for that guy, I might suggest using your dog Rocket as a gremlin. I can totally see Rocket <laughs> as a gremlin. If only Rocket had any sort of training whatsoever. <laughs> He can well, he can catch a ball really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's about it. Well, that's, he that's he has it. trained me to catch or to throw the ball. I think that's more. The, I'm, <laughs> to I'm throw well the ball, exactly. Yeah, you 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 yeah. both have the cutest dogs and cats and animals, and I think that's a great place to wrap up. But first, I want to one more time. What is the podcast with Stamps Guy? Because I want to listen to it and I want to make sure the listeners get it. It's called The Butterfly Effect with John Ronson. It's on Audible. And it's free. Wonderful. And any other places that we can find you or any other things you want to plug or tell people before we go? Uh, I will plug my stuff. I am on Twitter at Casey Calvert XXX, on Instagram at Casey Calvert, and those links and everything else, including my custom video request form, is at CaseyCalvert.com. Not for work. Yes, not safe for work. And I have to I have to be a Beavis and Butthead and giggle because you're like, I will plug my stuff. And I was like, I know, I did the same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, so I also did the same thing. Um, when I was a kid, my friends would make fun of me for saying unintentionally dirty things. Mm -hmm. And even though now I if someone who's very intentionally dirty a lot of the time, I still tend to say very unintentionally inappropriate things. Well, I love it. I my, I'm, I'm perfectly 12 years old inside my brain. Yeah. I'm like, you said, exactly. do it. Yeah. Plug my In stuff. Bryn, is there anything yeah. you want to plug? Uh, well, keep an eye out for Diminuendo. You can find uh, the Facebook page. Uh, just search Diminuendo Movie. Um, and I am very occasionally on the internet. Uh, I, I, I won't be your Facebook friend, but you can find me on Twitter at Bryn Pryor. B-R-Y-N-P-R-Y-O-R. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on American Sex today. Thank you. It was lovely. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. 
I'm the super social one, so you can find me at Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.